Well, hey, Jason. Hey, Chris. How's it going? Good. How are you? Hey, doing well. Yeah. Doing well. You ready to start this Leading and Serving podcast? I think we are. I think we are. If too. not, we'll keep we'll, going. Yeah. They'll never know because maybe we hit stop. Right. And maybe we started five minutes later. <laughs> the mystery. We'll just leave it hanging. Welcome to podcasting. That's right. I'm ready. Let's uh, do it. Let's go. <laughs> so this is episode... 34, I think. 34? Yeah. I know we just looked at the list, but I still couldn't remember even in that yeah, short time. It should be 34. <laughs> so, so hope you guys are enjoying the enjoying some of these deep dives, some of this great conversation. It's been a, it's a lot of fun. Um, and if you have any topics, send them our way. Yeah. But, any burning questions. Um, yeah. And with the crazy schedule of summer, um, we definitely still got some interviews coming around. But yeah. The, um, it's been fun to tackle some of these topics. Absolutely. And we got a fun interview coming up here in a little bit. We do. A good friend. Um, going back a few years, it's had yeah. impact on both our families. That is for sure. And so we'll uh, we'll tell you a little bit more about that here in a minute. But yeah. in the meantime, we want to talk about um, a leadership tool called Power of the Medium. Okay. And it has nothing to do with seances. Okay. Or, <laughs> I, was, I was wondering, I was like, what? <laughs> medium is in the vehicle by which we communicate. Okay. Okay. And there's a lot of to communicate, so this would be good. There we go. There we go. So let's see if see if we can communicate this concept. Right. Um, there, there's all types of different communication techniques, right? Right. Um, there's in person, right? Which you and I are doing right this moment, right? Right. But we're recording this, and this is being played elsewhere in people's cars, houses, or right. you know wherever. Um, but we've got numerous ways that we can communicate with people directly. Mm-hmm. Um, everywhere from in person to, um, you know, you can Zoom, you can you can do a video chat, you can mm-hmm. FaceTime, right? Um, you can do do old school, pick up the old telephone, right? <laughs> and not just leave a voicemail, but actually, you know, talk to one talk another to on the phone. You know, um, we can email, which mm-hmm. some generations are better at, and other generations are like, this is just junk. So, yeah. uh, you know, um, we can text, which kind of got rid of email. Yeah, it kind of killed email to an extent, but <laughs> but okay, it's hard going. to send a really long text. That's you know, true. So, uh, and then of course there's social media, which mm-hmm. we can communicate, right? So all of these mediums are ways by which we can send a message. Okay, okay. Um, some are better equipped <coughs> at doing certain messaging. Mm-hmm. Okay, because um, we might just be simple information transfer, mm-hmm. like, hey, what do you got going on Friday? Mm-hmm. You know, super quick question, right. super quick response, hopefully. Maybe you're just trying to n- negotiate. When when are we going to meet? When are we going to catch up? Or, you know, hey, did did you feed the dog? Right. <laughs> That's a frequent text in our house. Right. Who, f- who fed the dog? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and last person standing gets, you know, gets the gets the joy of it. So, right. um, but other things um, that require more challenge or more emotion or maybe emotionally charged or um, where we're just bringing more to the table than just a quick question mm-hmm. that we have to be careful how we communicate those things. Right. Right. Cause miscommunication happens all the time. That's right. maybe easier than to communicate. Well, right. Right. Oh, totally. Un- unintentionally, accidentally. Right? right. And so how do we, how do we communicate those things effectively? Mm-hmm. And based on all those different mediums, we have a better chance of getting our message across <laughs> based on the medium we choose. Correct. Okay. So let's let's go to kind of those heavier conversations. Mm-hmm. You've got a you got an employee. You've got somebody who um, maybe it's not an employee, but a volunteer, or you know maybe even a friend or family. You know somebody that you need to bring some challenge to. 
mm-hmm. and say, hey, this didn't go as well as we hoped. Let's let's try for something better. Okay, right. we'll just general. Um, if you shoot that through a social media platform, what what are the chances of that being effective? Uh, pretty minimal. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're just going to throw some numbers out. We'll say maybe five percent effective. Okay, five percent of the time that DM or that post, especially if it's passive aggressive, right, in a public setting, right. uh, you know. How, is it really going to be effective, right. right? So let's let's step it up. Let's just text them. Okay. Yeah. M- marginally better, you know, maybe ten yeah. percent effective. You know, especially if it's, you know, and and, and remember, we're we're talking. This is a heavier topic. You know, this yeah. is why something isn't happening the way it should happen. So, right. you text, you lose tone of voice, you lose body language. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you lose all those things. Well, and I, I've been on the recipient side of that where somebody's in the middle of something and then they read it differently than they would have read it 10 minutes earlier right. when they weren't in something. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, so uh, like, totally, because my, my, my son and my wife go round and round because we're going to put punctuation on a text because that's how, <laughs> uh-huh. you know. And so my son asks a question and my wife says, okay, period. Are you upset? You put a period. No, I put a period because of grammar. <laughs> and that's just like one of our long-standing family jokes. Right. But yeah, I mean, you put something in in one way, but a person reads it a whole other way because right. there's a total of three characters. Right. But you know, if we throw an emoji in, that helps understanding, right? Right, yeah. It's all good. <laughs> or you follow it with a gif, you know. Right. <laughs> right. So text is not that effective. No. I mean, it's effective for those those smaller things. Yeah. Right. For the dog. Thing. Yeah. But when we talk about the bigger things, okay, well, let's step it up. Let's go to email. Now mm-hmm. we can put more words. We can be a little more descriptive. We can, we can share more. It feels a little more official. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, now it's a little more on record because we can save an email easier and we can save a text, but really we're only going to maybe 15% effective. Right. When we're trying to bring authentic challenge. Mm-hmm. So let's step it up. Let's get out of the world of text. Let's add some voice in there. Mm-hmm. So we're going to pick up the phone and we're going to call. And sometimes this may be the best we've got mm-hmm. because, you know, you're a remote employee working in another state or, right. you know, or something of that nature, right? Um, but you pick up the phone, you're still losing body language. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more conversational. It right. still feels informal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so maybe we're bumping up into that 35% effective range, you know, right. you know, almost half the time we can <clears throat> maybe get it across, mm-hmm. right? Because we don't know what's going on on the other f- side of the phone. Right. They might still be watching TV. They might be at the beach with their family. Right. <laughs> you Who know, knows? might be, you know, in the middle of the shopping, you know, at, at the grocery store trying right. to figure out the list and listen. And, you know, how do we get that undivided attention? Mm-hmm. So, so let's step that up. Let's go to Zoom. Let's go to you know Microsoft Teams or some type of video chat. And now you get that face to face. You get that body language. You get mm-hmm. the the verbal. You can see okay the attention is there. You know so yeah we're we're pushing up in effectiveness. But if we can take that to in person, then we are so much more effective, right? Mm. That the power of the medium of sitting across the table, sitting across a desk from someone eye to eye, being able to see and and sense the room of what's going on that when you have a difficult topic to bring, that's what you need to focus on as a leader. Mm-hmm. And it's easy for us to go, you know what? I just don't have the time. Right. You know, I don't even know that I have time to crank out an email. I'm just going right. to shoot a text. Shoot a text. Yeah. And man, we're shooting ourselves in the foot when we do that. <clears throat> mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, that, um, you know, at least just to say, hey, when can we chat by phone? Mm-hmm. Or when, you know, hey, can we hop, hop on a video call later? Right. You know, or, you know, when can you swing by? That taking the time, the little bit extra time, it might take a 15-minute conversation. Mm-hmm. But when you're bringing those hard challenges yeah. and you want to be effective at that, how many texts is it going to take? Yeah. How many phone calls is it going to take? Right. But if you can spend 15 minutes face-to-face and really work through the issue mm-hmm. and really bring effective challenge in that moment so that they know, hey, I'm for you. Right. You know, this behavior, this reality, whatever this consequence is, we want to work through that. Right. But I am for you. Right. That's hard to convey by text. Right. It's hard to convey even on the phone sometimes. Especially with hard conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, they can just feel like they're getting attacked. Right. Instead of trying to work through a problem. Yeah, exactly. So and so as leaders, be encouraged <clears throat> to take that little bit extra time. Because mm-hmm. this is bringing effective, hard challenge to someone is difficult. It is. It's hard and it's worth your time, worth your effort in the long run, especially. Right. You know, I mean, you could you could blast off, a you know, an aggressive or even passive aggressive email and it might fix the behavior for a short term. Right. But did it really fix at the root issue? Right. And so getting face to face with people really matters. Right. They might have fixed the, the, the issue temporarily, but you also might lose an employee over it too. Like it's not, you know, like yeah. they could be taking it as like, well, this guy isn't. Okay, I'll go find something else. Right. Because we never know how, um, what we've been experiencing mm-hmm. and affects the language we put in that email. Right. And what the person on the receiving end, what they've been experiencing, how that causes them to read the email. Right. Could be completely two different roads. Right. For sure. And you may have fixed the behavior, but you didn't connect. Mm-hmm. You didn't align. Right. And so, um, so think through the power of the medium. Yeah. Of uh, how That's... how effective this is at bringing challenge. Mm-hmm. This is a good one, especially in during your time management process of trying to make sure that you're staying on top of it. I guess at the end of the day, what we're talking about, I think that you're to save yourself time. It is better to do it in person. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine the amount of time that you lose with like social media, text and email Mm -hmm. and maybe even phone calls. Yeah. That you lose. It's not an effective way to communicate the greatest way at first to be able to attack the problem mm-hmm. and fix it than it is just to meet with the person, deal with it, and then move on. Right. Right. And not everything requires the in-person. <clears throat> right. 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 And so to think through, you know, to, you know, put it on a little scale yeah. and just say, you know, what is the best way to, to communicate this one? Right. Is it a big enough problem that we need to meet? Right. You know? Right. Or is it just something that we can just have a text about? Yeah. Or a quick Because half the time, I mean, like you and I, it's easy to shoot a text like, hey, can you record on Monday morning, right? Right. But some weeks, it requires a phone call going, wait, everything's just way too confusing for text. Right. (laughs) We got to step it up. (laughs) Then we have to have meetings sometimes. Yeah. And so, you know, thinking through that with the people we love, we serve, we we lead Mm -hmm. of, um, you know, what what level of communication does this is appropriate for this. Right. And to not be afraid of the investment in that person because that's an investing investment in uh, fighting for their highest good. Right. And uh, with the guests we're going to listen to here in a moment, um, you know, talking about being our best selves. And, right. You know, that's 
This is huge. Uh, communication really is huge. Yes. So. Yeah. So we've got uh, Trail Kelly mm-hmm. coming to join us here we do. on the podcast. Um, Trail is the principal at Pleasant Grove Elementary School. He is. In the Center Grove District on the south side of Indianapolis. Yep. And uh, Trail is an amazing servant leader. He is an amazing servant leader. Just um, great leader. Great. And, and what's fun, um, okay, the mystery of podcasting, right? right. We've already interviewed him. Right. <laughs> Timeline-wise, we're recording this after that. But um, I love that when he starts talking about leading in the schools and becoming a principal, he never uses the word lead. Yeah. Um, I just now thought of this. He, he only uses the word serve. So let's let's listen to his heart for service. Let's do that. All right. Let's jump over. Hey, Trail. Welcome to the podcast, man. Uh, tell us a little bit about where you come from. Tell us a little bit about your your backstory. Yeah, no, I... Um I, I grew up in Richmond, Indiana, um, exit 149A, if you know Tom Raper RV, yes. it, it, you've heard of it. Um, it, it you know, I grew grew up um, in, in a pretty dynamic family, I would say, is that, um, you know, I, I was real tight with my, my mom. My father worked on the road all the time, um, but he was a strong influence in my life. Uh, you know, believe it or not, he had grown up in a, in a time and an era in the United States where, um, there, you have a lot of self-reflection. Um, I would mm-hmm. say that, uh, I know this sounds weird, but he's the one that gave me my Christian principles and really developed them strong in me. And he was an atheist. Really? Yes. Um, but a man of his word. And hmm. I mean, I, I sit back and think in uh, of all the different lessons in life, going fishing with him or, you know, whatever we did, there was always some sort of, uh, you know, like he had an agenda and he just, it was about being a good person mm. just in general. Hmm. Uh, my mom grew up in a, a strong Catholic family, big family. Um, and, and she had her part in, you know, leading me and, and trying to push me to be a better me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an opportunity to go play baseball. So I went to the University of Evansville and left town. And, um, you know, you find yourself quickly when you're alone. And you learn a lot about yourself and, and yeah. the routines and, and what is important. And so, uh, you know what, if, if, I, if I sat here and said that uh, I was going to be a principal, I knew I was going to be a principal, uh, I would be misleading you. Um, I, I went to school to be a professional baseball player. It just really? didn't work out for me. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so I, I took an interest inventory. Uh, my at, at the end of my freshman year, and it said serving. Um, it, it, there was three lines of work that it, it mentioned. It said ministry, it said um, education, and the, I think the third one. And you know, pardon me for forgetting, but I thought it was like sociology, psychology, and, okay. and service mm-hmm. of others. Yeah, um, because that's my love language. I love helping others, mm-hmm. um, and um, I, I I attribute that to my mom. You know, she she still does that to this day. Uh, you know, she needs the care, but she's so busy caring for others. You know, really? I talked to her on my walk. I didn't get to listen to a podcast yesterday. I was on a walk, and it was about an hour and fifteen minute conversation. I uh, and I just listened to her, and she was talking about how she was going to go and help my godmother, who's not in great shape. And you know, like every time I talk to her, she's just been a great model for that. Mm-hmm. Um, went into education, 
coach taught um, um, when we had our first son. I was not home much. I, w- I coached two varsity sports, and so between those two, I was just never home. I had gone back, got my administration license, and uh, I was fortunate enough to get a job as assistant principal at Center Grove High School mm, Wow! in 2000, 2001. Okay. okay. So I've been here for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, kind of been my journey. I learned a lot of, I, I had a great mentor. Matt, Matt Shockley was a uh, principal at Center Grove High School. Phenomenal individual. I can't say enough positive things. He's a mentor beyond just as an administrator, but just as a good human being and, and really taught me how to stop, think, reflect, learn. Hmm. And, and it was a good model. And I feel like I've, taken that from him and I've shared it with the masses that have come through, whether it's kids or teachers or, you know, I've had, I have APs, I have a lot of positive people in my life and, um, you know, I try to share that message. So really kind of a reflective person, my family, I have, um, three children. I have Cooper, uh, who's 21. Uh, he's going to be a senior at Purdue. I have uh, a daughter, Quinn, uh, who's going to Taylor university. Uh, Very cool. Cool. Uh, ready for the next adventure in life. Um, and then I have a, um, a junior at Greenwood High School, Cade, um, who fills my summer schedule with baseball. Um, but you know what? I, 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 I do more than that. It's, it's those one-on-one conversations in the car um, mm-hmm. and uh, that you enjoy. Life memories <clears throat> that I'll, right. yeah. I'll never forget. So, And then I have a wife, Christine. Um, we've been Married for 24 years. Congratulations. Yes. Uh, next year, I need to really pl- start planning for that 25th. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, I need to put that on the calendar. Yeah, too. I was going to say. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. We're glad you we had this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, um, you know, she's a, a she's the yin to my yang. You know, she um, challenges me which when I need to mm-hmm. be challenged. and mm-hmm. But she's a good balance. Um, and, you know, here I am as you know, principal of Pleasant Grove Elementary now for, I believe, 15 years. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. It, it goes by quick. I bet. <laughs> I bet. Yes. Well, yeah. and, and I know that that's the, um, this has been, that's a great, I'm so thankful you brought up that um, your mentor who you said kind of helped you stop with those three things which has been a huge influence on your life. Cause I know that you are a huge influencer on with Pleasant Grove and all the people that you've come around. Cause I know that you, I, I can bring up your name anywhere in this community and everybody knows who you are <laughs> and everybody knows how great you are. And yeah, so it's, it's generally good. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so I definitely, um, I really appreciate that. And thanks for, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. So tell us how, how those three things that you brought up, how you share those with those people that are around you working? You know, the first thing, uh, <clears throat> I'm not the best communicator or, you know, or so I've been told. Um, but I think I try to model it and emulate it through just my life journey. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when it comes down to reflection, um, I, I don't know why I'm that way. I It's just I've learned that I can be a better me. I think there's a mission along the way of being the best you you can be mm-hmm. and so many times in life we just go through life and and we're not our best selves and right. and and before i would just accept that mm-hmm. and i don't know i i just guess through maturity i've learned like i want to be better um 
kind of a competitive person, and I don't know if that's kind of embedded in there, but I'm mm-hmm. like, dag on, you know, you need, uh, you're better than this, and the people around you deserve better. So I always try to give my best self to the people around. Right. Um, and I, I, it's just, you know, I take pride in evaluating how I do what I do, and, and, and I'm also, you know, like I'm vulnerable. Mm-hmm. There's a vulnerability in there. Um, and I think that's where the learning really takes place is that, you know, so many times I would put up a guard. It's, it's like, oh, you know, that is the best me. And, and I would mislead myself and, and accept complacency. And, and I just learned. And, and I remember, you know, f- through a work s- scenario where Matt Shockley, he was the principal at Center Grove. And, and I was I had been the dean and I moved over to an assistant principal role and he would ask those questions of like, okay, if you could do this again, how would you do it and make it better? Mm. And, and I didn't, I didn't really ever stop in life and think like, Oh, hold on. You know, I can learn from this. I can, I could truly Mm. reflect and what would I do and how, and you have to look at all the, all the different possibilities and who it affects and, um, and how you can make it a better experience for everyone because Mm. everyone's looking for a great experience in life. Um, And so, I attribute it to that. Um, I attribute it to, you know, just a lot of the life lessons that I had from my mother and my father. Um, my mom was, um, like you said, I had sh- shared with you is that she, I believe that her heart is a service heart. And, and when you go into um, education, administration, teaching, you, that's, what, that's who you're serving. You're serving kids. You're serving families. It, it's right. your babies that are coming into my building. And, and so you need to be reflective and make sure that you're, you're, you're honoring that commitment that you have to those families and to those kids. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I, did you, I don't want to step on your toes. So Go ahead. If, if you got something. Go, Go for it. Okay. So I do want to ask, so there's, it's been an interesting journey in this time with you going through learning from your mom and dad, learning from your, um, from your mentors. Is there been anything um, in your journey that's been a kind of an, an, a hiccup or an enlightenment to help you uh, on top of these things? I know like it's a process, right? So have you had any hiccups trail? Have you ever had a problem? Oh, yeah. <laughs> do I have problems? <laughs> uh, <laughs> how much time do you have? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do. Um, you know, I, I go back to the first real life problem that I had and it's not a problem, but it was, mm. it was a stopping point in my life. So as I'd mentioned, I went to school to be a professional baseball player. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And my, I remember, I mean, it's, it's funny. Like I could reflect on how many times my dad said, what's your plan B? And I was like, I don't need to play a B. Everything's going to go right. according to how I think it's going to be. Good enough. Right. Um, and so right at the end of the, my freshman year in fall baseball, um, I blew out my arm. Oh, wow. It's mm. kind of hard to play baseball if you've blown yeah. out your arm. Right. And it was just a reality check. It's, it, uh, you know, my world came crashing down on me. I mean, that's what I slept with my baseball glove. Like I, yes, literally, <laughs> you know, you hear about that. That's true. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so I... I had to stop and really take time. I can't say reflect, but develop a plan of action. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I think that's, you know, a moment where I found peace when I did develop a plan. And, you know, I, I, 
I went to school, um, you know, it was probably like, hey, I should have transferred, maybe going back to a, a school closer to home, but I loved it there. People, you know, I got to create me, hmm. you know, uh, okay. people, they know you for what you do and what you say and how you act. And, mm-hmm. and I, I had built, built up opportunities for leadership when I was at Evansville and I loved it. So I wanted to go back and I took that inf- interest inventory, but I think it was that reflection piece and that planning that, that allowed me to see a bigger picture than me. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I, when I find obstacles, um, you know, I do like to stop and think, um, you know, w- when you're talking about like, uh, events that are happening at school, an example is like, like COVID is destroys right. a person like me where I'm very social and I like to have mm-hmm. interactions with human beings. Um, you know, I had to find the light at the end of the rainbow. You had to stop and think like, what, what are you going to do? What can you do? And to, to make sure that we're still building the most important mission that we have here. And that mm-hmm. is that these kids, it, they have confidence that they do feel love, that they feel safe in our care. Mm-hmm. And, and how do you do that through a zoom or, you know, mm-hmm. through, uh, you know, a, whatever, you know, through, inter, uh, I guess if you're going to talk online or whatever, I just, I, that didn't make me feel safe. It didn't make me feel right. loved. It felt more like an assignment. So, mm-hmm. you know, Hence why, you know, I decided to walk the neighborhoods, if yeah, you recall. Say, yeah. uh, you, 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 did. Went, you went through a few pairs of tennis shoes, I heard. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. I, I did. Tell us about that. Um, yeah. You know, honestly, um, my, myself and my assistant principal, Martha Anderson, if you know her, um, she's phenomenal. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, she has, I feel God has brought her into my life. You, you know, mm-hmm. like she can challenge me um, and make me stop and think. And, um, but we also have the same mission. And Mm -hmm. so we were, honestly, we were working the food pantry and we were delivering food to the different homes, um, and within our school uh, setting. And, uh, we were going out and about and I'm like, why not? I have time. You know, what's the most important thing that these kids need? And that is love and that, that Mm -hmm. consistent love and, and how do you build community and trust? And so... I, that's where it started. Um, honestly, I, I, the first couple um, walks, I didn't map it out and I didn't communicate it like right. I should, you know. So um, the the next couple, I decided, you know what, I'm going to put pen to paper and I'm mm-hmm. going to send it out and social media and tell people when I'm going to be certain places. And I found like they, there was a warm reception for it. Right. <laughs> I mean, people that's were cool. waiting for me. That's and, awesome. And so it, it's serving. It really mm-hmm. is. It's serving, mm-hmm. serving your community. And, um, you know, I shared with you guys, it was like, it's authentic love. Like, I feel very, very confident in that word and saying that, you know, there's a, more than just a basic level of care. There's right. a deep right. care for these kids in this community right. and, and the families. Right. And I think it was good for both parties. Like, you know, agree. it filled my bucket. Yeah. But yeah. I oh, know, That's awesome. I... I, it filled my bucket, but I also, I think it filled the bucket of the kids in the neighborhoods. Totally you know, mm-hmm. I think I still have a picture of walking by your house. Yes, <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure my kids lit up. Yeah. Uh, uh, th- and they still remember that day. And it's funny. I have one of those, you know, I have a guy's mind. So, you know, movie quotes. Yeah, I have it. And then also like directions. Like when I look at a kid in the hallway and it's like, hey, I know where you live. You <laughs> make a good decision. <laughs> right. That's awesome. <laughs> That's, that's awesome. awesome. So I, I don't know. That's how it came to fruition. And uh, Martha went on several of them with me. 
Um, and so I think it was great. I think it built up some positivity when it was needed because uh, yeah. everyone was uncertain. Mm-hmm. Right. And and so and it's I, such a great way to show love to the kids that you actually show up at their house, like yeah. And while they're while they're there studying, you know. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I. I, I wish I could do it again. And you know what? I need to do it again um, sometime soon. I do. I think it was well worth it. Um, not at the pace that I went. I, I know it was um, like a 10-day period. Uh, it was 161.7 miles. Wow. Oh, my and, goodness. Um, I would tell you that I, I was sore. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I, I, I bet. I was sore. How many I, miles did you do in a day? Oh, goodness. There was one day where I did 22. I think that was the max that I did. Oh, but it wow. was, yeah, it was normally around 13 or 14 miles because oh I try to get goodness. certain neighborhoods. The bad news is is that when I see people, I stop and talk to them. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so it took you a little longer? A lot longer. So oh my. my plan, you know, I was getting better at the end. Like I would say, hey, five minutes to this place. Five, Yeah, it, I, it turned into 10 minutes at each place. Right. It yeah. should have been 15, but... You know, you live and you, you learn. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I ref- awesome. I reflected. I'd change it. Right. That's, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, tell us. I mean, I think people have a pretty good idea of what a classroom teacher goes through, but give us just a little window into a day in the life of a principal. Um, kind of, you know. I mean, walking neighborhoods is exceptionally awesome, but sure. like you said, I'd love to do that again, but their other responsibilities. So what does it kind of look like on a day-by-day basis for you? You know, there's a big management piece that people miss out. Um, you got to make sure I have close to 100 employees. Mm-hmm. And so with 100 employees, that's a lot of spots to fill. And so personnel is probably one of the, the biggest responsibilities. I need to make sure that there's a teacher in each classroom. If somebody's sick, do I have right. coverage? If somebody plans to be out, um, that's one part. You know, also providing professional development for those people in your building. You don't Mm -hmm. just want them to be there. You want to help them become the best them. So Mm -hmm. you got to invest yourself in those people. You need to learn what their strengths and their weaknesses are and develop Mm -hmm. a relationship and then be able to help them create a plan so they can become a better version of themselves. So professional development is huge uh, in that, that component. Then you have like, you know, the student management. Yes, it's there. You hire uh, what's the best advice I can give anyone? Hire good people. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, honestly. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, when I interview people, um, I've learned, um, I've kind of fine-tuned the trade, and, and I know what I'm looking for when I'm interviewing someone, and, mm-hmm. you know, what are those key words that really catch my eye or catch my ear. And honestly, like, I've learned that I want to find people that are willing to work hard and are, and Martha will laugh when she hears this, but I say I, I need overt lover of kids and hmm. that's what kids need right. uh, it, it, kids don't care how much you know until they know how much you care so yeah. <clears throat> a big part of it is is finding good people that'll be in those spots to be able to fulfill the mission that you have hmm. and obviously you know um, you have curriculum that we need to follow right and so I need to make sure that the the teachers and the assistants and people in the building um, are going along with our mission of following the curriculum teaching the kids but it's really investing in them. You know, mm-hmm, like you mm-hmm. say, being over, what do I mean by an overt lover? I, I want those kids to feel like they are part of their family, like where you, you have genuine love and genuine care. And, and you know, it's, an, it's a snapshot of their life that we go, okay, hey, 
we, we're going to take you right now and we're going to build a better you and we're going to help you and we're going to hold your hand along the way. So if you, you know, we'll give you the opportunity to make those life decisions, but, you know, we're going to reel you back in and let you know, like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. So that's a big part of my job is making sure that the mission and vision, you know, <clears throat> yeah, there's, I, I have to handle all the different hiccups that come along, you know, if the right. water main bursts, which right. has happened two times in the last how many, five years. <laughs> yes, that is weird. Um, but maintenance, construction, you know, right. I, I have um, building master schedule, p- putting together class lists based off of kids' academic abilities. That's mm-hmm. a big job. People don't, you know, I always get those phone, sc- phone calls like, hey, can you put my kid in this class? And I'm like, if you only do. <laughs> right. <laughs> How much time? Yeah. I spent looking at kids' academic progress. Um, I do know kids. I know kids not only as physical people, but also I, I, we have these data charts that I know from a, a progress um, what, where they're at academically. Mm-hmm. And so if I sit in with a parent, I could say, you know, here's a snapshot. And I can even pull it up and say, you know, this is the direction that we're going, or maybe here's a strength, here's a weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's kind of the day-to-day. Okay. Um, obviously, there's discipline. There's, mm-hmm. you know, mishaps. Somebody misses a bus. I'm, I feel like I'm picking up a kid that's missed the bus, um, you know, a couple times a week. Really? Right. And, you know, why not? Be- you want them there. You, if right. you go do it one time, and and I know that some people are like, this is not an opportunity. You have a schedule trail. You know, somebody's right. here right. at 930, and I'm like, maybe this is the day where we get that kid to believe. Like, we really are True. invested. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, we talk about serving. Wow. Yeah, that it, is huge. It is. And and I never hesitate. And, and I think <laughs> why is that they see you're committed to them, and you know what? They'll be committed to you. Mm-hmm. Right. That is so true. That's yeah. so good. Yeah. I kind of want to just get a little vinyl sticker for your car. It says courtesy shuttle. Kind of like when you take your car to the shop, it's you're like, we'll, we'll get you there. We'll get you home. <laughs> but that moment, that moment for that kid is so much more important than whatever the 930 might be. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. And take a chance on it. Absolutely. Well, outside the walls of the school, when you talk about being a parent, you know, some of these parents are trying the, the best that they can. And I don't right. know about you guys. Right. I, I feel like I'm a good dad. I'm a good parent, but I've also failed my kids at times. And that's 100%. tough. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. um, you know, some of these parents don't have the skills or maybe they don't have the <clears throat> tools necessary, but if they call you and they want it, why wouldn't we provide it? If I could, yeah. Oh, wow, right. that's awesome. I mean, you would do it for me if I called you guys up and mm-hmm. I said, Hey, I can't get my kids to school. Could one of you help out? I mean, I, I don't know you to that depth, but I still think you would do it. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. You're a, you have a serving mm-hmm. heart. And so mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, when parents come in, they find that to be true about me. And so they don't have hesitance, any kind of hesitancy to no. call. And why not? Why, why not help out them and their kids? And then, you know what? They'll become more invested. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Now, how many elementary schools are there in Center Grove? There are, there are six. Six elementary? Six. six. Elementary. What makes uh, what makes Pleasant Grove distinctive from the other five? I think other than the most incredible principal, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I think you know I've had the most consistency. So there's been a lot of turnover, and and when you have turnover, you got to learn whatever the new mission is or the new vision for that person. Right. Right. Um, like I said, I've been there 15 years. It mm-hmm. ha- hasn't changed. They see that my commitment is to the climate and culture of the school. And uh, I think that we model that for a lot of the other schools. Uh, they do a nice job, and they have their own climate and culture. But mm-hmm. 
I would say that's one thing that consistently I've been asked to help out with, with other schools as new people have come on board. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to think of Mr. Proctor. He's at Walnut Grove, but he was at North Grove, and we've both been elementary principals for the same amount of time, 15 years. Okay. But he's went to two schools, so he's had to re- Right. establish that right. norm mm-hmm. where I think that maybe that's it is just the longevity. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no complacency there. Like I'm still wanting Pleasant Grove to be the best Pleasant Grove it can be. Yes. And I think, um, you know, people know, or like you say, reputation, you know, like I don't do well with compliments. So I appreciate what you guys have said and, mm-hmm. and that's kind of you, but you know, I'm still trying to be a better me. Mm-hmm. And with that school, um, I think parents have heard that, you know, when you go there, you know your kids will be safe and they will be loved. And mm-hmm. that's that's our mission right there. Right. right. It's summed up pretty quickly. Yeah. So. Yeah. Simplicity there. Absolutely. So we, you mentioned earlier that COVID really kind of threw a monkey wrench in the whole thing. I mean, we've called it the accelerator. We've called it. Yeah, I mean, it's been a change agent for sure. So now as you know, schools have reopened and you're kind of finding that new groove, um, how, is, how has education shifted a little bit? What, um, are there different issues that keep you up at night <laughs> now? There are different issues. I, I think what, what, what COVID did is it, it broke down a, you know, a locomotive going down the road. Like we, mm-hmm. and you know what, maybe it needed to, we needed to look at education. It's been the same for a long time and, and it was a, a great time to be reflective. Um, mm-hmm. And so the unfortunate part is that the kids that were in kindergarten and first grade, that those are the two years that you're really teaching yeah. kids how to read. So kindergarten, first grade, we're going to do that online. We're going to teach you how to read online. Right. And oh, wow. we weren't as effective. We weren't prepared to teach online, teach kids how to read. So those kindergarten first graders, well, they were going into first and second grade. And now in second grade, which was instead of learning to read, it was reading to learn. And those kids were not ready. Yeah, mm-hmm. A vast majority. So, yeah, you might have a, a, a handful, five or ten, that maybe struggled a little bit. But now we have more than half of our second graders still want you know at a point where they're learning to read right and we needed them to take off and and so it's it's matriculated up Mm -hmm. and then also what we had found was our preschoolers that were coming in for kindergarten a lot of times they had readiness scores well we do um i know it sounds silly but when the kindergartners come in we we just test what they know you know colors Mm -hmm. numbers beginning sounds letters and um, we were shocked. You know, they had more time at home, but kids were coming in with less and less skills because they didn't send them to preschool. And then they right. were at home. And what we have found in this world is that um, it's a matter of, like, keeping kids entertained as opposed to educating them. Right. Yeah. You know? And so much of COVID was just survival. Correct. Right? You know, especially that first year. <laughs> Families were just on autopilot to an extent. And yeah. I think one of the biggest obstacles is technology, honestly. Like right mm-hmm. now, these kids, yeah. um, they're, I don't know if we, if I should say they're addicted to their phones, um, but they, or even Chromebooks, um, iPads, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, is that um, they lose out on um, the ability to attend. That's, that's one. So I see kids with less ability to attend. So I'm, yeah, I'm saying attention. Um, also is that, 
they do things for likes. Mm, yeah. I have younger and younger kids doing things, and that just, I don't know, it upsets my heart just so much. It's like, you know, they haven't learned to gain comfort in who they are as a person and, and mm-hmm. their own self, right, and right. so they're always seeking it. And in the world that we live in, there's other six- and seven-year-olds that are on typing in comments, and it's usually not a positive comment. And what right. that does to a person's confidence, yeah. and, and you... and. I know some people will laugh when they hear like six and seven year olds. I'm telling you as a principal, I deal with a lot of non-school issues in school all day. Yeah. And, um, you know, a kid, um, is upset and distraught and needs social emotional help because somebody had, you know, they, they posted a TikTok video and they just wanted people to laugh. At six and seven? At six and seven. Holy smokes. Yes. Wow. And so then what you deal with is the aftermath of the comments that are made. It's not personable. You are hiding behind a keyboard, and you'd be in shock with what some of these comments really are. And, mm-hmm. and they cut deep, and, yeah. and, it, and it can alter you know, how a person sees themselves or how they see right. others. And how, mm-hmm. do you, how do you heal that? Wow. I mean, the effect of those things on adults, on people who are supposedly mature. Absolutely. And should be able to handle those things. We see the deep effects of those things every day. And that's happening to our kids younger and younger every day. Man, these kids are, they're just learning just to be kids, but they're not being kids. Correct. Yeah. And if you really, honestly, if you surveyed maybe uh, any small group of kids and what they value the most, I would not be in shock if they said their phone. And I'm like, you're seven. Mm -hmm. Why do you have a phone? Who do you need to call? Right, right. You know, um, or technology, and they, and I'm not, I'm not. There's, there's a lot of positive out there, I'm sure, right. but it sure. seems to Absolutely. me that I see the affect to be negative. Mm-hmm. You know, um, as kids are going along, and and it's just that. What is it? I, I learned it's not about likes; it's about clout. People just want clout. They want the yeah. kids really want to be told that they're good at something, mm-hmm. right? And if if we could do a better job of taking away technology and telling kids that you're really good at this, mm-hmm. right? Would that fulfill the need that they have? So mm-hmm. we have to do a better job of it, and that could be a mission, or and you know something I could throw into our mission as teachers and uh, as a school and saying, hey, we need to make sure we're fulfilling that part that they have as a need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So I don't know. I, mm. Wow. I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. Yeah. That is <clears throat> amazing. It is. I it mean, is. I, at some level, I probably knew it was out there, but my kids aren't in Pleasant Grove anymore. And so, yeah. but it's just, wow. Yeah. But we have high schoolers. Yes. And now, the effect that that has on our high schoolers, that's, much right. less 10 years younger. I just didn't you know, think it happened. Like, whew. you're taking what probably at one point was a high school problem is now an early elementary problem, which is just oh, yeah. mind-boggling to me. Yeah. Yes. It, yeah. It, 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 it's disheartening a little bit, but, you know, I don't know if parents truly know what goes on at a school. You know, I, I was disheartened here recently. Like, I went to my kid's school. Um, I was, they have a senior project at my, where my kids go to school. And, and so I was coming in and I was, um, going to watch my daughter present her senior project. Mm -hmm. And as I walked the hallways, kids were in class and teachers were teaching and, you know, it, it was a quick check. I can't validate it, but more than 50% of the kids while the teacher was teaching had their phones out in front of their face. Oh, wow. 
Now that's at a high school mm-hmm. and maybe it's part of what the teacher was doing, but I would just sit back and I'm like, what are we doing guys? Like, right. yeah. what are we teaching our kids and how are we getting them prepared for life? You know, are we preparing them? Yeah, sure, they'll use their phones as they go along, but now it's almost to a point where we've gone past the threshold and there's going to be a negative effect, and right. we, need to, we need to stop and reflect and go, okay, right. yeah. how are we going to make the positive change that we need to make? Right. Well, I don't want to... So, let's get back on track. I apologize. No, that's good. <laughs> so 15 years yes. at Pleasant Grove... Um, I mean, so at this point, you've had some kids um, graduate high school, move on into college, into adulthood. What are what are some of the stories that that you're seeing? Of um, yeah, this. What are some great stories you've seen in the last 15 years? You know, I have starting at the high school um, 21 years ago. Uh, yeah. I have a lot of return customers. <laughs> so I have I have families that actually. Um, I guess, you know, I don't look for ways like, hey, how do I pat myself on the back? But I find it very, um, like, it, it it fills my heart when I have a family that's purposefully looking for a house in Pleasant Grove because I was a positive influence yeah. on them when I was an assistant principal at Center Grove High School. And they know, like, hey, I'm this guy, he's he is who he says he is. Right. He's not, you know, right. there's nothing to hide. And, and so... I, I think that's a cool s- story that I take with me is that I have some of those kids have already come and their kids are, you know, already in middle school, high school, uh, <laughs> but they move purposefully to Pleasant Grove. I think that's right. really cool. Um, I've had <clears throat> numerous, you know, I, I students, uh, students of students, I guess. And that's mm-hmm. that, that fills my heart. Um, I'm trying to think of others. Have you had a chance to interview previous students as uh, potential staff? Absolutely. Absolutely, wow. that is just yeah. cool. I mean, that's when you see people grow up and you do, you know them, um, and you know them within. I, I'm trying to think of Miss Newsbaum. She was the younger sister of. Uh, you know, I'm trying to. I don't know how many years younger she is than her brother, but her brother was when I was at the high school. He was um, an office assistant for me and became an orientation leader and just was a great leader. Right. Uh, you, you know, and he had this younger sister at home that I didn't know her as well, but I knew the family. Yeah, and so yeah. Um, she had she wanted to work at Pleasant Grove, and I got to know her. She did her student teaching. Um, we didn't have an opening. She got, took a job somewhere else, and then when we had an opening, she said, "Hey, I'd coming on back. I'd, I'd love to come back if I could." And uh, just a phenomenal person. She's a, an incredible individual, and that you know that that fills your heart. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, selfishly, you know, I had the reward, but I was hiring a great person who was going to love kids. You know, you know people yeah. a little bit deeper. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it makes it easier to interview those people. Right, right. Well, it's great to see the mission, the vision of Pleasant Grove live beyond, hey, you just graduated and you went on to middle school. Right. And right. But now, even as adults, they're still living into showing up in authentic love and just being being there and being for kids and, and investing in our families. That's, that's huge. It's huge. It's amazing. You know, you say that and... and I had a message to this class specifically, this fifth grade class that's getting ready to go over there. And mm-hmm. and I think it's a message that we need to send out into the world is that um, I stopped. I mean, I talked to them, no notes, just I, I had it down on paper, safe and loved. And I, I wanted to make sure every kid knows that. Like, if there's ever a point in your life, if you're a kid, you shouldn't have to worry about safety. But if you feel unsafe, 
you should have a group of people that you know you would be comfortable going mm. to. And some of these kids are in isolation. Mm. And yeah. so I wanted them to know, I said, when, when you leave here and you go over there, if you ever feel unsafe and you don't know who to go to, come to us. Yeah. I don't care if you're an adult and you know, you're 20 years old and you don't feel safe and you don't know where to go, right. remember this day we will not turn you away. Right. If you ever feel unloved, and there's times, you know, right. if you think yeah. about adolescence and oh my goodness, well, yeah, you know, going through middle school and high school, there's quite you question that, like, d- does anybody love me? Yeah, yes, yeah. there are. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so that was the message. I felt like it was powerful. I I rewatched it, and I was proud and proud of that moment because it was, you know, it just came to it was. What do you say? It's um, it. it it just grew from two words on a piece of paper. And right. um, I have, we partner with uh, community and Miss Jackie, she works with a lot of kids um, that have additional needs. And she just said, you know, I just can't believe that I heard that at an elementary school. And it's so true. You know, like we need that. These kids need that. They need to know that they have people that care about them, mm-hmm. especially with how fragile mental health is and, and yeah. the, the world, not just this community, but mm-hmm. everywhere. And so that is that was a deep message. And um, I, I think that's what Pleasant Grove really is about, that those two words, safe and mm-hmm. love. You know, like I what do I tell a couple parents when they come in? I'm like, you know, that's our guarantee. Like we really take this seriously and, and you know, if if something violates it, we stop and we address it right then. Mm-hmm. We make sure they're safe and loved and they're like, Well what about their learning? I'm like, you can't learn if you don't feel that right. those, those two, two things, things are covered. Right. Yeah. So true. Hmm. The precondition the, for learning, right. safety and love. Love it, yes. man. That is a, yeah. That's great. Yeah, and and just we don't need to dive into it, but and you've kind of you you haven't said this hundred percent directly, but we're not just talking about the doors are locked and you know we have safety as far as you know our, our, the rash of school shootings. This is more than just physical safety. This is emotional. It's physical. It's it's so all deep. of it. And you guys are, you're knocking out of the park. Yes. I mean, we've both had kids come through your school. Yes. And you're, uh, you're getting a new one this yeah. year from me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Eva's I, on her way to you. I'm, so, um, you know, we, we appreciate that and we yes. love that about you guys. But you know Thank what, you. what helped prepare me for that wasn't school. It was becoming a dad. And, you know, when we talk about reflecting, it's like Mm -hmm. as a dad, you reflect, what do you want for your kids? And you go, no, I want somebody to love my kids. Mm -hmm. Right. There it is. Right. Like, it's Mm -hmm. that simple. It's so true. And and you want when you drop your kids off, why do people? Why do the you have helicopter parents? You know, like right? <laughs> driving around the parking lot for the first couple of days. It's because they they don't know. I mean, are they safe? Are they in good hands? Yeah. And those are yeah. the two things. And it it just took me a long time. Maybe I'm a little slow. It took me a long time to get there. <laughs> oh my goodness! I was trying not to drive you nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, Trail, thank you so much for yes. being a part of this today. And thank you for giving your time. And thanks for sharing your heart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so much. Before we hit record, you're on you're on the road all summer with yes. kids and going back and forth. So, really, thank you for taking your time and uh, giving your summer, which is so precious yeah. as an educator. Well, uh, and thank you guys for getting a message out. You know, a positive message to individuals. I. It, People need that nowadays, and they're looking mm-hmm. for it, and they'll find it. And you guys, you serve others. I, I appreciate that about you. So thank you to you guys. Thanks. Yeah, you bet. Well, we will uh, be back here in just a few moments. Sounds good. See you in a minute.
Well, Jason, I do. I always appreciate talking to Mr. Kelly. And it's kind of hard to call him true. But it is. Yeah. It, I, anyways, I always enjoy talking with him because I feel like every time I talk to him, uh, you just kind of feel this sense of keep, keep, keep getting better. Keep working on you. Keep, yeah. yeah. And, and he wants that for you and, and everybody around right. him. He's talking about how do, how do I be my best self for others? How do, right. how do I encourage and bring out someone else, the best in someone else? Right. So they can be their best self. I mean, yeah. that's, that's. So every time you talk to him, you got to be your best self. It's like, because if not, then you're not doing something right. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I love his inspiration. I love his heart and the yeah. love his his leadership has been amazing. I mean, in 15 years, he has done an excellent job right. of being principal. And I wasn't joking when if you say his name in, in this vicinity, oh, yeah. the people that know him, they right. he does an amazing job. Right. And, you know, we talked directly about <clears throat> the influence he had when he walked to the neighborhoods during COVID for his kids and his families, right. um, what that meant to people that weren't even a part of Pleasant Grove yes, is huge. Yeah. I mean, I, we didn't even touch effect. on that. And so, yeah. Trail, if you're listening at this point, man, I mean, yeah, I mean, you had an impact on the community, on the sure area. I mean, that really, really, really just wonderful. That yes. when you just give of yourself and just say, hey, I'm going to do something that's it's fun and, you know, and, you know, he was probably the healthiest guy in COVID. <laughs> he, he was. Well, and you know what? I mean, I, I wanted to chat with him about it, but it wasn't, um, we didn't get to it yet. Uh, we'll have to maybe bring him back. But, you know, that complacency that happened for so many during yeah. COVID, he couldn't just sit there and do it. Like, right. It just, it just, it wasn't in his DNA. Exactly. Exactly. And he wanted to better himself and those around him and reach out to these kids mm -hmm. and, Go back to the two things that he kept talking about, which was that love. Safe and love. And yeah. safe. And yeah. like, that is awesome. So instead of doing it at the building, he was taking it to their homes. Right. Right. And so if you're a business leader going, how do I connect a principal of a, a elementary school to my business? Yes. You know, or you're in a nonprofit or you're in a church or you're wherever you're at. Take, I mean, steal safe and love. Yeah. You know what? And <laughs> you know that those for trail, he was saying that's the, you know, we called it the precondition to learning. Right. You know, what if that's the precondition for, you know, succeeding at the job is just right. knowing that, hey, this is a safe place and, and I'm love, I'm valued here. Right. People want me to be the best that I can be. Mm -hmm. And if we, you know, lead with that, then, you know, the, uh, the metrics of getting the job done are, are going to follow. Are secondary. Yeah. And, and totally going to follow. Yeah. 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 doesn't mean you're diminishing those things. No. Because they have to have their place too, right? Right. I mean, the kids still have to learn mm -hmm. there. Right. But, it, but if they don't hit those first two metrics, it's right. really hard to make the rest of that work. Yeah. The kids aren't going to care. No. Yeah. And same with our employees. Yeah. Same with those exactly. that we're serving or leading or whatever. Right. You know, they, they need to know that we care. Maybe it's back to the basics. Hmm. Keep, keeping it back to the basics, Jason. Maybe this is a some insight for today. Yeah. Why did we ever leave the basics? I don't know. I don't know. Why do we have to make it more well, complex? Maybe, and maybe we do it just naturally is because we think it's going to be the next best thing or the next, yeah. you know? Yeah. All right. All right. Well, well, people. Thanks for hanging out with love us. Love well. Yes. Make safe spaces. Mm -hmm. And we don't mean that. And, I mean, the politics of our day is kind of taken that phrase and cheapened it a little bit, in my yeah. opinion. Mm -hmm. Sorry if 
I'm not trying to offend anybody, but uh, when we truly say make a safe space, that that doesn't lean into that side of things. It's just right. like how do people know that um, you're for them? Right. Right. Yeah. The so uh, the uh, the authentic authenticity. Absolutely. So. Trail, thanks again for joining yes, us. Thanks, Trail. thanks for listening in. And um, if you are, if you live in the Center Grove School District, maybe um, Trail will be walking by your house again one of these days. Right. That'll be that'll be really cool if that ever gets happen again. And uh, yeah, give us a like, listen, comment, email, shoot us a line, let us know you're listening. Yeah. And uh, we'd thanks love for to hear from us today. You. Yeah. Take care. See ya.